and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators. If you enjoy today's podcast, please visit me at narctroopers.com where you will find a long list of articles, podcasts, and a video blog about recovery from cluster B disordered individuals. Hope to see you there. Today's topic, Through the Valley of the Shadow of Death, Learning to Fear No Evil When You're Undergoing Trauma Recovery from an Abusive Relationship. So, let's begin by saying, I have always thought that I was brave. Some people have to face difficult things early on, and those things shape them for the rest of their lives. When I was little, my mother was mentally unstable, and my father was always somewhere else. I learned that I could depend on neither to keep me safe, attend to my needs, or teach me how to survive. It wasn't until much later that I deciphered the tremendous impact of such toxic early programming. I ventured out into the world, seeking a similar dynamic so that it would be familiar, and I would have an opportunity to fix these dysregulated, um, maladapted partners, and by doing so, thus repairing all of the broken bits from my own life. I spent a lifetime trying to resurrect the dead and heal the sick, but I failed every time. Three times, in fact, and each time I attempted to collect the remnants of myself and put on a brave face and just carry on. And then I met him, the one who changed everything. So February 12th, 1983 was, will always be a day um, that my, it was the day that my first marriage ended. And 37 years later, I still remember that day and commemorate it with some brief recognition of some kind. But there's an even more important date, a life-changing date, June 18th. 2019 will always be the day that my life, my life as I knew it, ended. The life that I had come to know. And it will be forever remembered as D-Day. The D representing discard, divorce, despair, and death. This time last year, I was on a plane flying back from Lisbon with the love of my life and husband of 15 years. I snapped a selfie on the plane that captured the perfect moment as I rested my head on his shoulder. The look on my face was one of complete joy, bliss, peace, comfort, and in a word, love. Within 24 hours after I took that picture, he would announce his desire to leave me and his intention 
to end our marriage. I was numb with shock, but still cogent enough to process a sickening sense of death swelling to lethal proportions inside my chest and deep, deep in my belly. In an instant, he shapeshifted into someone I did not recognize. It was the most chilling thing I have ever witnessed. So in this past year, I have walked through that valley of the shadow of death, and many times I felt its icy grip clutching at me and holding me tight. There were endless nights that ended with a shocking surprise when the light started peeking through the curtains and I realized that I had survived to live another day. I will not share with you the horrors of this past year, but I will tell you that the fallout after a relationship with a narcissist, sociopath, or psychopath is not your typical disengagement or divorce. It is more of a programming, deprogramming, from brainwashing after being in a cult. It is going cold turkey and detoxing from heroin. It is being murdered and dumped in a ditch only to uh, awaken and find yourself alive but bludgeoned and stabbed and bruised and battered and unable to get help. It is waking up from a dream only to discover that you're lost in a dark and stormy sea with no way to get to shore. Storm is coming. Waves are swelling. It's being plunged into icy water and having your head held under until you begin to lose consciousness and then gasping for air only to get pushed under again and again. It is slipping under covers in your big and beautiful bed only to lie there and feel the space beside you until the sun comes up. It is a physical assault on your body. It is sitting in an empty house with silence so deafening that you crumble into rubble. It is praying and pleading and praying again every hour, day and night, and waiting for an answer that never seems to come. It is a new reality with frequent triggers and disabling panic attacks and despair and tears and a complete loss of hope. This is the year following a significant relationship with a person with a personality disorder. This is exactly what you can expect. My ex-husband buried me alive and left me to die. The past year has been consumed with the deep dive into the whys and the hows and the whens. I was trauma-bonded because of intermittent reinforcement doled out by a troubled man-child who for 16 years was the perfect husband 90% of the time and a criminal abuser 10% of the time. And yes, I was not perfect. 
I had abandonment issues, attachment issues, and relationship addiction issues, all complex PTSD issues that needed attention, but none so disenabling as those that the toxic cluster B disordered partner possesses, not to mention the comorbidities that often accompany such mental health conditions. He was a textbook case of all of the red flags that told me to prepare prepare some kind of exit strategy. But I was blind and arrogant and foolish. He was my life. And no one should ever be the centerpiece of your life at the cost of your own identity. I was lost in him and attached without any boundaries whatsoever. I depended on him to be my alpha and my omega, the source of all my happiness. My mother-in-law, she often has reminded me during this past year of unmanageable inconsolable grief that God wants no one before him. She says he's a jealous God who did not want me to put my husband before him. It is almost as if she is saying that God took him away from me so that I would be forced to come to him and to get closer to him in my despair. I'm not sure I can believe that. God is love. That is probably the one and only thing my mother ever taught me, besides how to be a crazy, off-the-rails lunatic, right? I, I forgive her for being out of her mind, and I thank her for teaching me that one valuable lesson. And if God is love, then the way I loved my husband was the epitome of godly, godliness, and the best example of how to emulate Christ. Pure, unconditional, forever love. I have walked through the valley of the shadow of death for the past year, and I do not fear evil because it looked me in the eye and broke my heart with words so cruel, so lethal, so remorseless. I do not fear it because it has lived inside of me, wrapped its talons around my spine where it metastasized like cancer, held on to me with fierce dominion. The Luciferian dark passenger came into me through him. My husband was a conduit and unknowingly infected me. He is unaware of what resides in him. Demonic influences often infect those who are weakened through addiction and mental illness. Silly to think, I sometimes worried he might give me an STD when what he gave me was a demon. Regardless of how much I tried, I could not save him or heal him or fix him. In the end, it consumed me. In the end, it required an energy light worker who performed an actual exorcism to remove this thing. He has not been so fortunate. 
and the monster that dwells in him continues to grow and feed. My strength on dark days comes from the belief that God is beside me, and I can talk to him anytime I need to. We have little chats and quick check-ins. I practice gratitude and ask to feel the presence of something divine and holy. I thank Jesus for his sacrifice and call out to the Holy Spirit to restore my will to live, along with some small hope that there will be life after this nightmare ends. Today is June 18th, 2020. A year has passed since D-Day. And although I am still a work in progress, and although the grief and fear and longing are still so profound sometimes that I fall to my knees and weep, or I wander into the night and howl at a cold and distant moon, I want to be healthy and whole. I want to stop the toxic programming and repetitive patterns of victimhood. I want to show my children that we have to keep fighting to stay alive and that healing from a lifetime with the only roadmap to help navigate the vicissitudes of life being a tragically flawed script passed on from generational trauma, it is unfair and terrible and the hardest thing you will ever have to overcome. But it's possible. It is possible. I want to be victorious so they will know that the human spirit can survive the darkest night of the soul and still live to give thanks the next morning. Life is short. We will all perish soon enough. But what matters is how we love others and what we did when we were destroyed by some of them who could not love us how we got up and how we got on, the way we kept loving and forgiving and growing and hoping and believing in something bigger than ourselves. My marriage was doomed when my husband rejected God and embraced the worship of ego and pleasure and shallow pursuits like fame and fortune. For years, We lay side by side and said our prayers every night. We went to church. We believed in a moral code of virtue and integrity. With a narcissist, things are never what they appear to be. And sometimes the beast within takes over. It wakes up and it's hungry. It wraps its tendrils around the goodness and innocence, and righteousness, and it chokes it out until everything goes dark. Sometimes the mind is diseased, and delusional, magical thinking lets the darkness come in and take over. Either way, we all have to choose if we will do the right thing, 
or the seductive, easier thing. And make no mistake, when evil comes, it is seductive, and it's dressed in glittery, sparkly, decadent attire. When the end comes, I would like to reflect on my life and know that I tried my best to do the right thing and accept responsibility for my choices and my mistakes and learn from these mistakes and work hard to put others before myself. Most importantly, I want everyone to see that I was capable of forever love, redeeming, forgiving, healing, affirming, unconditional love. And through my ability to love with all that I am, I am healed and I am redeemed. I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Love is all that matters in the end. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mm-hmm.